Today's episode is with lifestyle vlogger Kenzie Elizabeth Piper. Kenzie and I sat down and talked for a long time, and I really expected this conversation to go completely differently. I was planning on interviewing her about depression and anxiety, but what we ended up talking about was something completely different. We talked all about why millennials are leaving organized religion and why they're leaving church, and it just ended up being an amazing conversation, and I can't wait for you guys to listen in on all of the great things that she had to teach me. Okay, I'm so excited. <laughs> Today I'm here with Kenzie Elizabeth. Hi. And she is a podcast extraordinaire and a YouTuber. Do you want to tell us a little more about yourself? Yeah, so I live in LA. I'm 21. I attend, I'm a college student. I'm from Texas, love Texas. Oh, I started on YouTube when I was, uh, I was 50, I was like just turning 16. And then I moved to LA a month before my 18th birthday. I moved out a little bit early, but um, I like graduated online and then I started college out here. Then, um, yeah, I started my podcast a few months ago. So that's just what I've been doing. So awesome. Mm -hmm. And you're already just a pro at it. Thank it's you. It's so fun to listen to your podcast. <laughs> so Kenzie and I are going to talk a little today about her story. I watched your YouTube video on it was just entitled My Story, mm -hmm. and it just sucked me in. It was— How did you find it? I feel like I posted that a year ago. Did you just type in, like, Faith? I don't even know how That's I found cool, it, actually. but it was just—yeah, it was just something that I found on YouTube that I was like, this is really compelling, and I feel like it doesn't matter if, you know, you and I are in a little bit of different spaces as far as our yeah. audiences and our age ranges and people that are connected with us, but I felt really connected to what you were saying and what you were sharing— yeah. So do you want to go into a little bit of what yeah, that video For sure. Shared? Yeah. So um, do you want me to just give a little background on yeah. that? Yeah. Okay. So I – so what she's talking about my story is my, like, testimony video. Testimony is such a, like, weird word. I, feel I like love it, it. I know. I feel like it's so, like, I don't know, like, professional or something. Basically, it's just my story and, like, my, like, walk in my, like, journey of faith – I grew up in Texas, so it's, like, pretty much everyone there. I mean, kind of. It's just, like, it's the Bible Belt, so everyone's, like, there's a church on every single corner kind of thing. I wouldn't say I grew up in a Christian family. and My parents definitely now are more involved in their faith, but I didn't grow up in church every single Sunday. Like, my parents definitely were, like, yeah, God's a thing, but it wasn't, like, at the forefront of our lives, I think. So when I was in, I think I was in like the fifth grade. It's so weird. I was always that kid who was like, I always hung out with the adults. I'm like the classic firstborn. What, my Enneagram type, if you're familiar with these, three wing two, like overachiever to the max. Like I'm, I've always been with the adults. So like I was just very like, I feel like I was way more mature when I was like 10 than I am now. <laughs> I, I was like, the same way as a kid. Yeah. I'm like, always I always wanted to hang out with the adults. Yes, always hang out with the adults. Like all of my neighbors were older than me, this whole thing, whatever. Anyways, I, I look back now and I'm like, I can't believe I experienced that or had like thoughts or anything at this like age. But when I was in the fifth grade, my parents had like a really, really nasty divorce. Like it, it, I always joke, I'm like, it should have been a lifetime movie. Like we could have at least like monetized <laughs> it, you know, <laughs> and like make the best of it. But it was really bad. And then from there, I feel like I'd always dealt with, like, depression and anxiety. It runs in my family. Like, my dad has had, like, really bad anxiety. I feel like majority of people in my life have—or in my family, at least. Like, it's just run in my family for forever. And 
so it started at a young age and I think that that was a big kind of trigger but even before that I remember when I was younger like just weirdly like not like having like horrible thoughts but I just remember like feeling anxiety feeling this like before like it was just from like a very very young age so my parents got divorced it was like a court mandated order that we had to go to counseling I'm so for therapy now but I hated it then I would I was like (laughs) The TV shows where you're sitting there and it's like the therapist who's like really old and like the kid who's really like angsty and mad just staring <laughs> at a wall. That was me. Um, so anyways, I had that in a… I was like 12, 13. This is such a classic Texas story. But I went to a church camp. All of my friends, like we went to this thing called Extreme Camp every summer. It was super fun. And that is where I really like, I think… I don't like that's where I like accepted Christ like found God and that was like I'm a very all-in person too so from like the next month I think I was on a mission trip like it was that quick for me you were like I'm in I was like I'm in this yeah and I found like I found my friends that I still have had for the past like 10 plus years I'm still super close with all of them and yeah so I was just super I was really 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 involved and I got really close and that was like what I needed at the time like my home life was like it was just very like sad and so it was like really nice to have obviously my family is amazing my parents are amazing I had an amazing like upbringing aside from this but like it was hard right so I found this church and they did do a lot of really good things for sure but ultimately I was really really involved for a few years and then uh, I think it wasn't like sophomore year I had a very to preface this, I, like, don't like talking poorly about, like, church in general. Like, I think that, like, the church is, like, the bride of Christ. Like, that's, like, I, like, my heart for the local church. Like, that is, like, my number one thing in life is building the local church. Mm-hmm. But I think it's also important when it's talking about millennials because I, in leaving church, because I feel like that's so many people's story. I feel like even not even just millennials, just people across America, nine right. times out of ten, they don't want to go because of the people or they've had a bad experience 100%. or whatever. I which, totally agree. Yeah, which like breaks my heart because I really believe the church is like the vehicle to like saving the world. Like there's so many amazing things that come out of it. Um, and now I have an amazing experience with my church. It's like my favorite thing in the world. But um, I had my youth min- or my youth pastor, youth minister. Um, I don't agree with a lot of the things that they teach, they did, how they handled things. And basically like something got out that was like, I was like a victim of something. And it was like a rumor that got out around the youth group and they were all talking about it. And then it was just, it was this whole thing. It was like gross, like so disgusting. And I met with my mom and him in an office and I was crying and I was like, I don't even want to come here anymore. And for the past like two, three years, like my entire life has been this thing. Like I've like, was like in all of the leadership meetings, did anything and everything there was. Like I would go to, I, like I didn't miss a thing. Like I was so involved and I loved it so much. And I was like, I don't even feel like I'm welcome here anymore. Like I don't feel like I like it here anymore. And he literally said, or I was like, I don't want to come anymore. And he was like, well then just don't come. Which, yeah, exactly. It is literally like my mom, we walked out and she's like, you're never going back. And keep in mind, like I started going to church like without my parents. Like right. I brought them and they already didn't love the church as is, but like that specific church. But it was just really, obviously that's like hard to hear. And I think it's really, really hard to unlearn bad leadership. Like that's something my pastor says now. And it's so true because even though there were things that they were saying or doing or handling, like I knew from like my relationship with God and like my own personal thing that that wasn't right. Like I knew that the way that things were handled, like I knew in my spirit, like my being that that was wrong. 
but it doesn't matter. Like what you what you watch is what you learn. Mm -hmm. So I was never any of that. I never agreed with any of that. But it really ended up hurting me later on when I came back because I was like, even though I never agreed with what I was taught or what I saw before, it's this weird thing of like, I'm like, well, is this right? Is it just hurt me like very bad? So, anyways. Ultimately, I ended up leaving, thinking I was going to find another church and never found another church. And I let, like, one bad, like, one group of people that I think also church is messy. It's people. Any group of people, there's going to be problems. Like, it's right. not just church. It's literally anywhere you go. Well, it's just in imperfect humans Exactly. Exactly. So, it's like, no one's perfect. People are learning and growing and whatever. Like, they also, like, did a lot of good things for me, you know? But I ended up letting, like, a small group of people kind of ruin my entire idea of a much bigger picture. So I left my sophomore year and I had started my YouTube channel right around them. And that's another thing. They were like very rude about that. But I started my YouTube channel then. And so then I was like fully into YouTube. Mm -hmm. I was like just living my life. So I left the church and then I was just kind of doing my own thing. Found a community, like, in YouTube. Became, like, really—I'm still, like, so close with all my, like, YouTube friends. Like, really close friends. Started traveling a lot. Started working a lot. That started kind of growing and, like, taking off more. My senior year, I moved out to L.A. But it, I graduated— YouTube? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I graduated early, and then I started doing college classes here. It was that, but also, again— There was a lot of stuff going on at home. Like, I wanted to move out. That was a bigger reason that I don't really, like, say most of the time— But I also, I was so ahead on my credits that it just made more sense for me to move out, move here, and get residency because I ended up saving, like, tens of thousands of dollars in schooling actually by moving out early. Oh, cool. So it was actually the smarter financial decision, like, in the sense of tuition and school and whatever at the time. So did that. I was here for a year. I was, like, wild. Like, I had (laughs) my time. Like, I was just crazy. And— Ultimately, I ended up feeling just, like, very lost. Like, I was so unfulfilled. I was so motivated. Like, my depression and anxiety come back, and it had gotten so much worse. But I didn't really want to admit it because I was like, well, I moved all the way to L.A. Like, I don't want to tell my parents that I'm, like, miserable, you know? That you made a wrong decision. Yeah, exactly. I didn't want to, like, go back on that, you know? So Were you with roommates or were you by yourself? Okay. So my one of my best friends, she actually ended up moving back, but she lived with me also doing YouTube. And then so she was here for like a year. So then finally at the year mark, like she moved home. I was still here. And I was just like, I had been dating this guy that I didn't like for eight months. I don't know what I was doing. It's just like, we've all been there. It was like, what the heck? (laughs) But I was dating this guy. And then I broke up with him. Molly moved home. Like, it was this whole thing. Basically, I was like, okay, I've had my year. I'm like, need to change something. It was never that I was going to like move out of LA. But I was like, I need to change something. And I was so hurt by church that I was like, it's shocking. But I remember there was one day where I was sitting in my room. And one of my friends had started going to Hillsong. Like a lot of my friends actually around me because we live downtown. And Hillsong is downtown LA. Had started going to Hillsong. And so I was like, I texted one of them one day and I literally, mind you, a few weeks ago, I was making fun of them for this. Like, I was literally like, why are you guys going to church? Like, what the heck? I'm like, I'm like, it was just not, it was not my scene, you know? And so um, I texted one of them and I was like, hey, are you going tonight? And she's like, yeah. And I was like, okay, like, I'll meet you there. Which is like, I look back at this now and I'm like, I don't think it was me typing. (laughs) Yeah. I've had experiences like that too. I'm like, that's so crazy. I'm like, I don't, I would have never picked that. I would have never picked that for myself. 
So I went and I remember like in worship that night, I was like, okay, I'm going to come back. But if I do this, I have to relearn everything because I knew deep down what the real truth was. But I had so many like things that had been kind of like, I think there's a saying that I always forget. But basically, it's like whatever someone says to you, it's like a lot of things are like spoken to your spirit. So which is normally used in like a good way where it's like, oh, planting a seed like later on will be used. But also there's bad seeds. So it's like… When I'm like, I'm gonna have to like relearn all of this. So from then on, I was like, I came back basically after leaving. And then now I'm actually in Bible college. I got another church that's like super close at Zoe. And I've been there for like a year and a half. But yeah, I, I had my, I'm like, I had a little, a little church hiatus for a few years, but I'm back. That's okay. So this is just really interesting. This opens up a whole discussion that yeah. I feel like is on a lot of people's minds right now and which is why are so many millennials leaving yeah. their fi- you know leaving organized religion and what do you th- what do you think's happening I think there's a lot of reasons I was actually telling her like right before this podcast that I did an entire project on this last semester on millennials leaving church I don't remember the stats exactly but they're like insanely high it was like 65 I'm I'm going to be butchering this but I know it's around this it's like 56 or 65 percent of millennials that like grew up in church are leaving. I think it's actually a little bit higher than that now. Like an insane amount of people who are just dropping off. The top reasons like statistically are Mm -hmm. um, people feel like we're not doing enough to help the poor. People feel like it's like exclusive or like it's not inclusive enough. Think it's boring. That's one thing. But I think that overall people just want to feel like loved and be heard. And I think a lot of people are unfortunately like set up in scenarios where they aren't felt like they don't feel like they have that or it's like poor leadership or whatever it is. But and then like it's hard because now I'm like I so see so many of those reasons and I left because I had a bad experience where I've been hurt by the church. But now I'm like again it just sucks that I did this. It just sucks that like there's a small group of people that you let ruin it for like every other thing that you could experience. Right. Like if I would have let that one church be my end all be all to my experience with church, like I don't know where I would be, you know, like I was really bad. So I think people just don't, they just, I think it's just, they don't have good experiences with church. Like they'd have just been like more often than not people have just who have left. It's like, they've either been hurt by the church or they feel like it's not adding anything to their lives Or, again, I think a lot of it is just, like, not feeling heard. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay, so now I have a question for you. When you decided to leave church and Mm -hmm. not go for a while, do you feel like there were things that people said that were hurtful or things that were helpful? Are there things that you're like, okay, if you have a friend that stops going to church, don't say this? Okay, yeah. (laughs) Um, Actually, the front desk lady at my church literally talked about me like I was dead. Like, she would be like, I mean, this is, like, such a bad such a bad story. But she would, like, ask my friends as if— I mean, they would, like, talk poorly about me after I left and, like, ask my friends, like, where I was and whatever. And it ended up hurting a lot of, like, relation, like friends that I had. Like, obviously, they were like, well, we don't want this either, you know? So it ended up, like— It was just not a very healthy um, environment. But I think more often than not, people will talk about other people leaving the church as if it's, like, this really horrible thing to do. And I think so often— it's actually like what builds your faith the most. Like people, if you take a break, then you come back and you're like ready. Sometimes 
this is like maybe not a popular opinion, but I feel like sometimes people need that break and people are going to come back. Like that's just, I think because I've seen myself do it. I've seen so many of my good friends do it. I just have like such faith that people are going to come back. The worst thing you can do, like kind of go, go at them, not like go after them, but like, be like, why aren't you here? Like, this is wrong. This is, make them feel like they're a, like emotions and like their a opinions. Yeah, like a project or like they aren't valid. Mm-hmm. It's not, I think the only thing you can do is just be like, hey, I love you. Like, I'm here with you with whatever you're doing. And if you choose to come back, that's awesome. If not, like, I'm still here. Right. You I know? love that. And Writing them off is agree. the worst thing you can do. people said to you that helped or that you wish someone would have said like was it helpful if somebody asked you like hey what what were your reasons or I'm seeking to understand like was there some of that that happened that was helpful or anything that you wish people would have done there was nothing really helpful I feel like it sounds so negative I love the church I promise but um it's hard to say because I'm actually glad that I I left I think if I would have stayed there it would have ended up like being way more detrimental But I wish that someone would have, like, reached out to me, I think. No one reached out. Like, there was not one person who reached out. And I think if someone from the church would have been like, hey, like, just thinking about you. Do you want to get coffee? Or, like, what's up? And it doesn't even have to be about why you left or what you're doing. Just, like, letting them know you care. Because I think when you go into something with a motive and it's, like, clear Mm -hmm. that, like, I'm only getting coffee with you because we want you back and we need you serving on this team or whatever it is. like People can… They can sense that. Yeah, you can sense that. So I think if someone would have just actually cared about me and been like, hey, how are you doing? Where are you at? How's this? And like kept up, that would have meant a lot. You know, yeah. I feel like that would have been the best thing. So you feel like like if we're going to be progressive and people see their friends leaving, that it's really just about keeping that connection with that person and showing them love. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I love that. So when you were saying earlier about, like, you found your testimony when you went to camp, I mm-hmm. had the same thing happen. Like, my parents sent me to – it's called EFY. It stands for Especially for Youth at um, 14. And I re- I still distinctly remember – I mean, I remember feeling the Spirit from when I was young. And I feel like different people have different, like, gifts of the Spirit and yeah. different things that come easily for them. And I've always been a believer. That's always been, like, it has come easy for me yeah. to accept Jesus as a real person who's my savior. In faith, yeah. But I had that, like, light switch moment where it just became electrifyingly real to me when I went to, like, my church camp, too, at age 14. And I feel like that was the starting – that was the real starting point for me of, like, I get this and this is my own and it's in my heart. And so – and that's – you said that's kind of what happened to you, too, right? I I love church camp. My friends and I always joke about about this. And I have like so many friends who are not into church at all here. And I still am like, guys, you don't get it. Camp was so fun. Like <laughs> it was literally so fun. But yeah, I I was saying this like earlier before, but I'm grateful that I made my faith my own at a young age and that I had such an encounter at a young age and like an experience because again, so often, there is an actual term for it. I don't know it, but there's a generation of people who are leaving church because they were only going because their parents were taking them, Mm -hmm. and they never had their own experience, which also it goes into it. It's like we have to look at ourselves. Again, that goes back to 
not pointing fingers and like being the thumbs. Like what are like I love like your mentality on it. Like what can we do to like get better? Like that's perfect. That's amazing. So we have so many people who are leaving because they never made their faith their own and they only went because their parents went, you know? So I think right. that's huge. But yeah. And that's an age-old problem, but I feel like it's different now with even like the way I grew up and the internet. I still remember my dad telling me when I was like a little girl, like, we're going to get this thing in our house. It's going to be a computer and you're going to be able to talk to someone in China. And I was like, whoa, this is so weird. But like when I was a kid, we looked stuff up in encyclopedias for our school projects, you know, like that's how we yeah. found information. And people looked phone numbers, phone numbers up in a phone book and you used maps to get places. Sure. Like it is a different world now. And I think that sometimes people don't want to stop and recognize like the millennial generation and, and anyone that comes after that, it's a different world. Yeah. And so you have to think about like, where's their information coming from? Where's their, um, you know, that we're being influenced by so many different things other than just the small, tiny yeah. little network that used to be around us physically. Like it For used sure. to kind of just be your mom, your dad, your school teacher, your neighbors. Yeah. And that was it. That was your world. Now, like you're a YouTuber. You yeah. know better than anybody. That is not how the world works now with like teenagers sure. and young adults and people that are forming their opinions of the world and being pulled in different directions. I feel like there's way more chance for people to just be sucked into like a vortex of yeah. one thing or another you know I think too it's interesting that you bring up social media my church is you ask anyone who's there and it's either they're there because they found us on social media or they heard my pastor speak at a conference like we've built a church from social media so it's also like Flipping the perspective of like this is like a really like obviously there's so many things that people are just exposed to a lot more now like that's exactly definitely what's happening but instead of having the whole like social media is bad and like this is this is horrible and whatever it's like it really actually is an amazing thing and I think anything can go back again to like building the church but it's like you utilize that like you have to stay up to date with the times that's another thing is that churches will get too like old in their thinking or they they look at things and like they won't they're not willing typically the older generations are not willing to change things up even mm -hmm. to have like a drummer in a worship band like I go to the most <laughs> modern contemporary church that you can go to so like it's nothing like this but it's like even to just changing things a little bit it's like just pivot yeah, yeah it doesn't mean that you're not changing like the gospel. It's like, but you can change the avenues in which you're sharing it and like to stay up to date and to stay relevant. Like that's so important because it's like, why would you, like, why would you still hand out pamphlets when like that one, it like pamphlets, not a good example, but like, no, old, I know like, let's get, yeah. let's get a little more modern. We can send out a text and we can send out emails. Yeah. Even our church has like, let's, let's stop putting announcements out at the beginning of every meeting and like we can email those out everyone yeah. has an email address and but I love I want to go back to what you said about like social media being used for good I yeah. have such a passion for that and I feel so strongly about the fact that what you were saying about like let's not look at it as a fearful thing of like oh this is all bad yeah. and our children are being exposed to bad things and there's so much evil on the internet like yes that all can be true but more than anything I so strongly believe that Social media 
was created for good reasons. Mm-hmm. And it is going to be the largest vehicle that brings people back yeah, to the I, gospel. I am the biggest example of that. I would have never come back had it not been for social media because I can guarantee you I would have never gone back to church if I was in Texas. Love Texas more than anything, <laughs> but I would have never gone back, right? So if I wouldn't have started my YouTube channel, moved to LA, found Hillsong on Instagram, like saw this stuff on Instagram first, I would have never come back. So it's also like reaching, like this is what these people, like, us as like millennials like that's just what we're on so this is how you reach people you know what I'm saying right but yeah it's an amazing thing yeah I've had some really cool experiences too with um, being able to share my faith and just developing really deep friendships with Mm -hmm. people who were following me at first for my blog for deals for fashion for beauty whatever Mm -hmm. and then they ended up sticking around because they felt drawn to my content and then it turned out that really what was there underneath all of that was yeah. the faith and the yeah. all of that stuff really it's an avenue for them to get yes. connected. Not yeah. <laughs> speaking very clearly, but yeah. So with your faith, when you came back, can you tell me a little bit about like what that felt like and what your experience was? Just like walk me through, yeah, what that experience yeah. was like. Coming back, I feel like it was kind of gradual. Like I I definitely didn't have a 180 lifestyle flip overnight. Like, I wasn't like, this is it. This is all my life. Like, now it's like, that's the biggest thing that I do in my life. Like, for sure. I feel like it was gradual. And then I made friends there. Then I got close with them. And then there was like a few older people who like saw something in me. And kind of like, not that much older than me. Like, they were like definitely more peers. But they like invested more into me. Um, that made a really big difference. And then… That's cool. Yeah, like that is huge. Like leaders investing into you is like the biggest thing. And then I ended up actually ironically going to the school I'm at because I didn't want… I didn't want any of this to get any bigger and me not to have like a stronger foundation and like who I am and like what I meant to do and whatever it is. So yeah, I feel like it was gradual and I started to feel like I used to feel. Like I always knew… I never had a time where I was like, God isn't real. I had a time where I really strongly disagreed with people. But I didn't really have a time where I was like, I don't believe in God. I wasn't actively seeking God by any means. I was like definitely running. But I finally just kind of… I just come to the end of myself is basically what happened. And I was like, okay, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it. It was gradual. But I don't know. I just started like investing more into the people there. And I was in just a really low place and I was just really unfulfilled and like slowly but surely like life became like just better again. Not like the outside circumstances like really like the hardest things that have probably happened in my life have happened since going back to church. It's not like you're going to go to church and like your life gets easier. Right. But it's (laughs) like… so true. Yeah, exactly. But it's like I had more peace that didn't make sense like at all. So yeah. That's so true and I completely resonate with that that when… When you come back, it doesn't necessarily mean that all of a sudden life is like yeah. rainbows and butterflies yeah, and only good sure. things are happening to you. It's just that you have some you have something concrete that you know mm-hmm. is going to help you deal with those hard things yeah. instead of feeling like you're just alone and yeah. lost and that's, empty. That's what I was saying to one of my best friends and like a few of my like leaders recently. I was like currently like in this stage of life that I'm at or like the past few months of my life, I'm like I have never had like 
this has definitely been the hardest few months I've ever had to go through or some of them, if not the hardest. But it's weird. I think something that I've learned just in life is like, I think like mourning and joy are not respecters of each other. Like just because you're going through a hard time doesn't mean that there's like not good times that come with that. But I was like, there's just, I have this piece that doesn't make sense. Like it doesn't make sense at all. I have all of these like friendships that came in at just the right time where I'm like the most relationally fulfilled I've ever been in my life. There's so many other things that are happening that are great, but I'm also going through like the hardest time ever. But I just like, I sh- I shouldn't be okay right now, but I like, I'm like, it just, I'm, I'm at peace. Like, I don't know how else to describe it other than like, I obviously it's hard, but like, there's something in me that I just like, I'm like, I'm at peace. Like, I'm still, I'm like, I don't know how to describe it. I just like feel okay. You but know? That makes so much sense to me because from what you were telling me offline, right before we started yeah. this conversation that you were at church for how many hours yesterday? A lot, like all day. <laughs> Literally yeah. from like sun up to sundown. Yeah. And I think that when you're putting that much focus and effort into something that is positive that's bringing yeah. you closer to God of course like you're gonna get that back yeah, even sure. like notwithstanding hard times and hard things sure. so that makes all kinds of sense to me because if you're putting all of your energy into other things that are maybe gonna yield like negative things in your life mm-hmm. it's just gonna add to that chaos of like I feel like I'm you know not getting what I need so yeah. that's really cool okay so what do you think we could do as a society to be more progressive as far as like making church feel approachable and enticing and not enticing, but like something that draws people in, like, especially in your phase of life, like you're a college Mm -hmm. student, you're a millennial, like what can we do to make it so that this is something that people feel drawn to and not like repelled? Yeah, I think there's definitely a few things. I love my church that I'm at. I love my pastor. I feel like he is he's so good at this and he's so good at drawing people in. But there's so many churches that say this, but it's like you belong before you believe. So having people come and it's like I don't really it doesn't matter what you like believe in. Like you belong here and there's a community here. Like especially at this age, I feel like between like eighteen to like twenty four, people are just looking for community. Like people, mm-hmm. even if you are the biggest introvert in the world, like you still want community, and people are gonna find it with wherever they go, whether it's like good or bad. Like I found community when I was here, but I was miserable, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's like church is meant to be a community. So I think that's huge. I so agree with that, and even with the women in my age group, like you know late 20s, early 30s, if you've got a kid or two, yeah, you need that community desperately to have like other women who you're around, who are supporting you, who are, um, and I feel like for me, church has been the place that has instantly created that wherever we go. Mm-hmm. It's like I have other people who I can instantly connect with, even if they're not exactly my age. It's like we show up, yeah. we see each other every week, we serve together, we help each other out. Mm-hmm. Like it's That's been such a huge blessing in my life is having that instant community. Yeah, community is huge. I think that was another thing I said. I'm like, even when I was like angry in the past few months, like just so mad, I thought about it and I was like looking around and like, I was like, I have the best friends in the world, but I was like, my friends are what keeps me here. Mm -hmm. Like the people around me are what keep me here. That's not the reason that I'm here or at church or whatever, but like, I think community is what keeps you. But I think. It's also not like shoving things down people's throat and not being like, you have to act this way. You have to dress this way. You have to be this way. I feel like people will pray for like revival or they'll pray for like 
the young people to be saved and come to the church. But it's like, okay, if they were to walk in the doors right now, though, can you honestly say you wouldn't be like, what are they doing? What are they wearing? You know, it's like having the actual heart for it and not looking at it as like a project. Yeah. You know, I totally get that. Yeah. And so I don't know if you know this about me and my husband, but we are heavily involved in like the 12 step community yeah. in our church. And, and I agree that people need to feel like they're coming to church to like find the hope and healing that they need mm-hmm. and not be like needing to be on a pedestal of like I look a certain way no. I I fit into a mold to mm-hmm. be here because really the the truth that is at least what I believe is that like Christ wants people to come because they want to seek him not yeah. because they need to fit some perfect mold. So I'm totally with you on that. Yeah. And it's like the Bible talks about like his kindness leads us to repentance. It's not someone yelling at you. It's not someone telling you you have to be a certain way. And I also, a lot of the time, if it does come from someone telling you that, that's not true change. So I think it's just like our job is to just love people and like lead the way. And let them find that. Let them find that. Yeah. Like that's not our job. And I feel like another reason is that people just kind of feel suffocated. They feel like they can't, be themselves or look a certain way or do certain things. And it's like, you know, eventually, like, there's going to be life change and there's going to be, like, his kindness leads to repentance. Like, people, that's such a, like, big word. But, like, people will change. Like, people will, like, grow and whatever. But that shouldn't be our, like, our main focus. If the focus is on, like, changing people, then we've missed the whole point, you know? Yes, I so agree. So that made me think of this quote that I really love by um, Ezra Taft Benson. And this is what he said. We read this in twelve our 12-step meetings every 12 weeks because we go through a step a week. So cool. every time we get to step six, which is change of heart, mm-hmm. we read this. And it says, the Lord works from the inside out. The world works from the outside in. The world would take the people out of the slums. Christ takes the slums out of the people. And then they take themselves out of the slums. The world would mold men by changing their environment. Christ changes men who then change their environment. The world would shape human behavior, but Christ can change human nature. May we be convinced that Jesus is the Christ, choose to follow him, be changed for him, captained by him, consumed in him, and born again. Yeah, that's really good. Because it's like exactly what you're saying is we don't need to shake people into repentance or submission. They're going to find it themselves when they they want it in their heart. Yeah, that's really good. I think something else I just thought about too is the way people kind of like view young people. Like I feel like at my church personally, like something that has definitely been a change that I've that they do really well is that they celebrate like all types of people. And they don't look at like millennials and they're like, oh, like millennials lazy, like all the stereotypes and like, oh, they're all leaving the church. And it's like, at the end of the day, like, if they're leaving the church, like, you're the ones who led the way. So it's like, why do you think they're leaving, you know? But it's also, like, it's just looking at it. It's like when people view certain cities as, like, really bad. It's like, if you're viewing them as bad, how do you expect anything to change? Like, that's such a such a horrible outlook. It's like, that's not what we're, like, meant to do. But I think it's also, it's like, starts with, like, changing your heart and how you view certain types of people. That doesn't even just go into, that can go apply to anything. Anything. But, I so agree. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Okay, so I thought it was so interesting that when you walked me through every single reason why you feel like millennials are leaving church, I worked a little bit with my church, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, about why millennials are leaving. And without you and I even talking mm-hmm. at all beforehand, we didn't one time talk about, okay, these are the reasons that I kind of think and what do you yeah. think. 
you literally went through every single reason that our church also has found that people are leaving. Mm-hmm. Um, they, you know, aren't finding community or they don't feel accepted or they feel like it's too long or boring or just all of those same reasons. It's really interesting to go through and hear your experience totally growing up in a different part of the country and then, you know, moving across the country and just seeing those similarities that I think it's just really important to talk these things through and help people to understand, like, this is how we can appeal to this crowd. And I agree with you. It's not like we need to rewrite the gospel. It's not like we need to bend Christ's teachings in order to fit a mold that's going to be appealing. But I think we can be more open to things that are going to make people feel comfortable, make people feel loved, make people feel like they belong, make them feel like this is something that they see themselves in. Yeah. So I loved that. I loved what you shared with your perspective because it's crazy, but in a church that I belong to with 16 million members Mm -hmm. that I think is probably different in some ways than yours, it's those reasons are the same. Yeah. The last thing I wanted to talk to you about for just a second is you and I had a little discussion too about people being united as people of faith instead of being like, well, you're right and I'm wrong. And like you and I belong to different churches, but I feel like this whole discussion, we've had so many things that are just common ground that we completely agree on. So speak to me about that, what your feelings are about that. Yeah. I think, again, if people are more focused on like denominations or whatever that is and not focus. I think at the end of the day, anything that's divided isn't ever going to get anywhere. That doesn't mean that there shouldn't be like different ways, like different denominations. I'm not saying that's bad, but I think that as soon as you use it as like putting one against the other, then that's division. And like you can't really get anywhere that way. It's like there needs to be, I think I just believe in like unity of the church of a whole. Like I don't mean like a local church. I mean like as a church, like the body of Christ. Mm -hmm. Like I think that yeah, like it, there needs to be unity. And it's like if you read about division in the Bible time and time again, it'll tell you like unity is like what God blesses. Yes. So you don't want like division. It's also stupid. And it's also like you're missing the point if that's what you're more focused on is like being right or wrong. Right. You know, like this, the minor, like the details of it. It's like that's not the point. Right. You know? Because Christ taught if you're not one, you're not mine. Yeah. And yes, I totally agree with that. I think that when people get into that mentality of like, this is what I believe and I'm right, then it creates pride instead of Mm -hmm. humility. And like, that's how people feel. That's how people feel love. That's how people feel like the spirit of God is by that like humility and humble connection with God rather than I'm right and you're wrong. Yeah, for sure. Well, I feel like this has been amazing. I feel like I'm feeling the spirit. I feel like this is just, it's really, really cool for me to hear from your perspective what this has been like for you, what... And I just, the whole point of, to what I want to do with Mint Arrow Messages is to help people understand someone else's perspective and what can we do better? How can we be better? Um, So I've just really valued this conversation and everything you've taught me and hearing your whole story. Thanks for having me on. Thank you. Thanks for being here today. Thanks so much for listening to Mint Arrow Messages. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at Mint Arrow. Subscribe to our Apple Podcasts and rate and review us if you like us. And to get show notes, go to mintarrow.com slash podcast. And you can even sign up to get show notes emailed right to your inbox. And we'll email you every time there's a new episode.